0: Much of the information on this podcast is transferred directly from the sources, places, names, altered, and nothing personal about the said cases was or should be considered for entertainment purposes only. And I'm not meant to appear to anything or hurt the sentiment of any person religion, race, caste, or society or organization, also intended to influence, drive, or otherwise create a public judicial or investigative opinion. This podcast and host do not make any warranties about this completeness, reliability, and accuracy of this information. Any action you take over this information on this podcast is strictly at your own risk. And the host will not be liable in any manner whatsoever for the views, ideas, comments. Opinion extra any losses and damages in connection with the use of express of this podcast is primarily at your purpose, and this podcast may be sensitive in nature, and hence the viewers' discretion is advised. Hi there! Welcome to Crime, the rest is history. I'm your host, Lavnia Zeus, and today's episode is about the Alevander murder case nineteen fifty-two. The following are the words of T V Anthony Raj. Way back in nineteen fifty two, when I was 11-year-old, a sensational murder took place in Madras, now Chennai. I remember listening to the news read out from the newspapers by the elders in our village. Even after 61 years, the gruesome details heard about the murder still lingers in my mind. The Alavanda murder craze and the trial became a cause celebrity. It arose a widespread controversy and heated public debate. Now, some of the details have eroded with time from people's memory, and controversies crept in at times while recalling the incident. Exactly on this same date, 28th of August 1952, Mr. Alavander was brutally murdered. It all began with a complaint lodged about a missing businessman at a police station in Madras, Naf Chennai, on behalf of the worried housewife. On August 29, 1952, a worried Mrs. Elevander, anxious about her husband, who did not return home even after daybreak, went to Gem and Company, a fountain pen dealer's in China Bazaar. Madras, where her husband had a small frontage space to display his plastic wares and conducted his business. There, the staff of the pen company told her that her husband had left the shop the previous day, around noon, for Rayapuram with a woman who came to meet him. Mrs. Alavanda immediately doubted that her husband would have gone with Devaki, a woman from Kerala, with whom. He had an illicit love affair. Devaki was an attractive young college-educated woman who involved herself in social service activities. She lived in Madras. On reaching number 62, Cemetery Road in Dryapuram, Madras, Mrs. Alavander knocked on the door. Devaki's husband, Prabhakar Aminan, opened the door he told Mrs. Alavander that he had not seen her husband and asserted that her husband had never come to his house. Mrs. Alavander then written to Jem and Company and requested M.C. Kananchetti, the proprietor of the firm, to go to police and on her behalf he lodged a complaint at the Law College Police Station in Madras about the missing Alavander. The following day, the Hindu carried a short news item about the incident with a catchy sensational headline City businessman missing The Despicated Head A police constable attached to a police station peddled his bicycle to Devaki's house at Rayapuram and found the door locked. He made inquiries and found from the neighbors that the couple Minan and his wife Devaki had left for Bombay, now Mumbai. While pedaling back to his station, the police constable saw a parcel bombing up and down the shallow seawater. Out of curiosity, he went up to the seesaw and picked up the package wrapped in the brown shirt. When he unwrapped it, he was shocked. There was a decapitated human head inside. The head had been undoubtedly buried the previous night in a shallow pit at the edge of the sea and the morning tide has dislodged it from the sand and washed it ashore. The shot later identified as belonging to a lavander. The discovery of the head made headline news in the press the following day. The headless were crammed in a steel trunk. As the day dawned, on august 29, nineteen fifty two, the Indo Express was nearing Mamanadari. The passengers in the third class compartment started complaining about a stench emanating from a steel trunk placed under a seat and a foul smelling growy wicket that oozed out from it. Oof. <laughs> The train had left Madras Railway Station at 20 hours the previous night on its way to dashkongti When the train came to an halt at the junction at 10.50 am, the railway police detained the compartment. The local police opened the steel trunk in the presence of witnesses and was shocked to see a headless nude male cadaver. Crammed inside along with the severed limbs. Since the penis was circumcised and the victim was wearing a green socks on his feet, the color preferred by most Muslims, the police concluded that the murder victim was a Muslim. However, the police overlooked the thick string around the waist, usually worn by Hindu men even today. To hold the leyen cloth in its place and did not place any importance on it. The first autopsy in Madurai, Mana Madurai was then a part of Ramad district. At the district headquarters in Madurai, the district medical officer, Dr. Krishna Swami, a radiologist, performed the autopsy on the headless crops at the hospital he took x-rays and his report said that the headless trunk belonged to a male of 25 years of age unfortunately this conclusion was not quite correct the second autopsy in madras meanwhile the headless corpse was bought for madurai to the forensic department of madras medical college where dr cb gopal krishna an assistant professor of forensic medicine at Madras Medical College carried out a fresh autopsy. The autopsy result said that the head was slightly decomposed. A sharp weapon had been used to sever the head at the cervical vertebrae and a piece of bone was missing. Nevertheless, the cervical vertebrae of the head and the trunk fitted perfectly confirming that they belonged to the same person aged between 42 and 45 and that the missing Alavanda was 42 of age. Two teeth and peculiar formation overriding one on another. At the momentary, Mrs. Alavanda, after looking at severed head and peculiar formed teeth, A solitary black cloth along with the two teeth overriding one on another and the pierced ear ear elbows, she confirmed that the corpse was that of her husband. That alivander was an opium addict, came to light when the narcotic was found in the dead man's stomach. He might have been consumed it in an Alfredric state, or as relief from his frequent asthma attacks. Alavanda, the local cassavana. See, Alavanda belonged to the Hindu Vasya community of Telugu speaking Komati Chetis. The members of this committee are by tradition businessmen, and many of them are wealthy, but Alavander was not. In 1952, Alavanda was about 42 years old, married and had two children. He lived in the crowded street in Georgetown, Madras with his family. After his discharge from the British Indian Army, Alavander got employed as a salesman at Gen Company, the foremost dealers of Fountain Pen in China Bazaar, owned by M.C. Conanchetti, a fellow Asia. Soon after the war ended in the mid-1940s, the plastic goods made their foray into the Indian market. Alavander wanted to start a small business selling the plastic wares. Kunanchetti gave Alavander a small space in the frontage of his fountain company to display his plastic wares and conduct his business. Despite his unseemingly looks, Elevander always dressed well with a necktie or a bow tie to boot. He was not keen on conducting business, but had interest only in women. He was inductively a womanizer, a local cassavona, romantically involved with many women. In the early 50s, the fountain pens were a prized profession. Elevander used to earn. Young women by initially presenting them the fancy fountain pens, building their friendship, and eventually taking them to a lodge on a Broadway, to have a, and to have them with sex. Lavanda also sold saris in installments on easy payment terms. He chose this line of business mainly to involve women. Many of his women clients who failed to pay the installments were willing to pay him in kind by accompanying him to lots to have sex with him. He regularly visited the YMCA opposite to Madras High Court, always in the company of a woman. Once he boasted to his one of his friends that he had slept with 400 plus women of all communities. One of the women he was romantically involved with was Devaki from Kerala. In mid-1951, Devaki, then a young and single engaged in Hindi pachar work, came to Jem and company to buy a fountain pen. There she met Alavander and the two became friends. By October of that year, Alavander took her to a lodge in Jonchten and slept with her. To the playboy, Devaki was just one notch on his sketchboard. By the end of that year, Devaki broke off her relationship with Alavander and got married to Prabhakar Menon. After their marriage, Prabhakar Minan and Devaki went to gem and company. Alavander congratulated Menon for marrying the lovely young woman. The way Alavander behaved intimately with Devaki sowed seeds of doubt in Menon's mind about the fidelity of his wife. One day, the newly wedded couple went to a theatre in a Broadway madras. During the show, Devaki confessed her husband about her intimacy with Alevander and said that the womanizer was stalking her again, harassing her to renew their relationship. THE KILLING The Minans had a boy as their servant and provided him food and lodging in their house. Later on, during the murder investigation, the boy told the police that at night sleeping on the floor near their bedroom, he could hear Devaki swabbing at times. Also, he had heard Minan and Devaki talk about Alavander and their ways to get rid of him. According to the boy, Minan had coerced his wife to bring Alavander to their house so that he could mete out the devil's his due. In the morning of August 28, 1952, The day of the fateful murder. Minan brought a malabari knife. Later in the day, he gave the servant boy a pocket money and asked him to go sightseeing as he was new to Madras. That afternoon, a lavander came to Devaki's house at Rayapuram by rickshaw with high hopes since Devaki had told him that her husband would be away from home. Many people in the neighborhood, including the owner of the shop hiring out bicycles near Devaki's house, had seen Alavanda going up the steps and knocking at the door, but nobody saw him coming out on that house. As soon as Alavanda stepped inside the house, closed door, he started physically molesting Devaki, trying to undress the unwilling woman, Prabhakar who was in the kitchen, rushed out with a knife in her hand and grazed him with what he saw. Killed Elevander by stabbing him. Minan then cut off the dead person's head using the lethal Malabar knife. The couple packed the murderous man's headless torso away into a steel trunk. Minan transported the steel trunk to Madras Central Railway Station on his way back. Meenan threw Malabar's knife in the Park Broadway Madras. With the help of an unsuspecting unspec- potter, Minan placed the steel trunk under a seat in a third-class compartment of the Indo Express. On returning home from the railway station, Prabhakar Minan wrapped the severe head in Alwanda's shirt, carried it into the Royapuram beach and buried it in the sand. Later in the night, the couple set out for Bombay. The Investigation A team of Madras city police travelled to Bombay in search of Minans. With the help of Bombay police, they traced the relatives with whom the Minans were staying. When the police arrived, Devaki Minan, who undergone an abortion, was resting at home of her husband's relatives. Prabhakar Minan wasn't there. He had gone out and the police traced him to beach. Meenan had shaved off his moustache, nevertheless, the police recognized him. One member of the Madras police took out a fountain pen from Meenan's pocket. That pen had the initials of Elevander. The police arrested Devaki and Prabhakar Meenan, a Bombay city magistrate charging them with the murder of Elevander and the other miscellaneous charges remanded them to custody. The arrested couple was brought to Madras. A team of top Madras police officials investigated the murder and gathered evidence for the trial assisted by Dr. N. Pichanandi and Dr. C. B. Gopal Krishna, the police surgeon of Madras and the consultant for few other states in India and to the Indian Army. The balabar knife used by Prabhakar Minan to debauchicate and amputate the body of dead Alavanda, which he later threw in a park in a Broadway. Midras was found by a park attendant who in a grave turned it to his mistress the police recovered it from the woman to include it as an evidence they found the shop where menan brought it on the morning of the killing the police also found the blood-stained sari worn by devaki Minin at the time of the murder and while helping her husband dismember the dead body as there were no eye-witnesses to Alamander's case the police tried to make a deal with devakimini by suggesting that she would be given state's pardon for her role in the murder if she gave the evidence against her husband but she turned down the offer since she believed that her husband killed lavander to save her honor the trial the trial came up for hearing at madras high court original criminal sessions before the renowned judge, Mr. Justice A.S.P. Iyer. The eminent lawyer, S. Govind Saminath, was the state prosecutor. Advocates B.T. Sundarajan and S. Krishnamurti appeared for the two accused. The trial by jury was then in force in Madras High Court. A panel of nine jurors, some of whom were noted citizens of Madras, was sworn in. Large crowds thronged at the hearings of the sensational trial on March thirteenth, 1953, according to the Indian Express. The crowd in the courtroom became unmanageable, delaying the proceedings. The next day was no different. The veranda leading to the court hall was so crowded it made entry into the court hall difficult. The police arrangements were meagre and reserve police were called in. The couple Prabhakar Minan and his wife Devaki pleaded not guilty to the various charges including murder. The prosecutor Gowind Swaminathan built up a strong case of a planned murder of Alavanda by the couple. He stated that the servant boy, of the Minans told the police that he heard Minan and Devaki discussed the ways to get rid of Alavander and that Prabhakar Minan had pressurized his wife to bring Alavander to their house so that he could give the devils his due. It was a case of killing the snake that strayed into one's home. The defending advocate argued that the killing was not premeditated as suggested by prosecution who provoked the murderous fury by the playboy who assalitated his wife Devaki in their own house. With the intention of having sex with her against her will, the defence lawyer stated, It was done out of a grave procuration and in self-defence, it is a homicide and not murder. What is the difference between a homicide and a murder? In fact, most people use these terms interchangeably. A homicide is the killing of one human being by another. The killing may be accidental or intentional. It may or may not be done with criminal intent. If one kills a man accidentally or in self-defense, it would be considered homicide. Similarly, if one runs over an individual intentionally, it would be considered homicide. It is a neutral term, so voluntarily manslaughter involuntary manslaughter, and a vehicular homicide, all other types of homicides that are not murderers. The Black Law Dictionary edited by the world's foremost American legal Brian A. Granner is a definitive legal resource for American lawyers, law students, and laypeople alike. It is known for its clear and precise legal definitions, substantive accuracy, and stylistic clarity, making it most cited legal dictionary in print. According to the Black Clause Dictionary, the word homicide merely describes the act, it pronounces no judgment on the moral or legal quality. Murder, on the other hand, is an illegal act that usually involves some degree of premeditation or intention to kill. Murder is punishable by death, under Article 302 of the Indian Penal Code. The word murder has a negative connotation associated with it. The police force in the United States has a homicide department, but not a murder department. The Judgement Justice A.S.P. Iyer, a person ingrained in the ancient Hindu custom and tradition, opined that the victim, Alevander, the slave, was a disgrace to humanity and deserved to be eliminated. He was considered the killing as a justifiable execution of an unwanted rascal. After the lengthy trial, Justice ASP Iers, summoning up to the jury served the favour of two accused. He accepted that the support, the sudden and grave provocation theory put forward by the defense taking into consideration the interest of the society and its moral at that time. However, some people felt that his indulgence towards the accused couple from Kerala produced because he too hailed from Kerala, from an agraharam in 320 kilometers from Palakkad. However, the jury returned a unanimous verdict of guilty against both the accused. On August 13, 1953, accepting the verdict of the jury, Justice ASPIO sentenced Prabhakar Minin to seven years rigorous imprisonment for culpable homicide and Devaki to three years in prison. The top police officials who were eager to get the maximum punishment of death by hanging for Prabhakar Minin, the first accused, were slowly disappointed by the sentences. Minin wanted to appeal against the sentence, but his lawyer advised him not to. Now that he has escaped with a light sentence, thanks to the judge, Minin accepted his lawyer's advice and did not appeal. The Minans were released early due to their good conduct in the prison, and they shifted back to their native state, Kerala. In their prayer room, the couple placed a photo of Justice ASP Iyer along with the god and goddesses were netted by them. So guys, do let me know whether the punishment given for such a gruesome and a brutal crime was lenient or should they have been given the highest punishment at that time, the death penalty. So guys, my episodes will be airing on Monday, Thursday and Sundays. So until then, be ready for the next episode in Crime, the rest is history. And this is your host, Lavnya Zeus, signing off. Adios!